Welcome to the Coop Tank. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, coming to you from Sweet Recording in beautiful Mount Laurel, New Jersey. And uh, Sweet Recording is a, get, a great studio, and Joe Ganjemi, the owner, the producer of my show, my friend, is going to tell us about it. Joe, Joe, tell us about what makes Sweet Recording so special. Absolutely, Coop. Thanks so much. Uh, so... At Sweet Recording, we help brands, businesses, and organizations to launch podcasts and YouTube channels of their own. And from those podcast episodes, uh, we can then create social media content, video clips, blog posts, and all kinds of cool stuff. So it's a really efficient and effective approach to your digital marketing. And we offer a lot more than that, mobile recording, live streaming for your next event, and even studio design. So if you're interested in learning more, you can contact me anytime at hello at sweetrecording.com or visit us on the web at sweetrecording.com. That's S-U-I-T-E. Take it away, Coop. Look at Joe. Joe getting all comfortable. He's getting that radio voice now. I love it. He's like, hey, I'm Joe Ganjemi. It's awesome. So, yeah, people, check it out. Uh, check him out at sweetrecording, S-U-I-T-E, recording.com. We have a great show today. You know, when I assembled this panel, I didn't notice that everyone works for themselves, which is, it, it adds, opens some good questions I can ask. And our, our first guest is uh, from Allison Ann Studios. It's Allison Gallagher. How you doing, Allison? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to see how this unfolds. All right. And then from Jason Levy and Associates, his name's not Associates. It's Jason Levy. How you doing, Jason? Good morning. How are you, Steve? Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. And my good buddy, my drinking pal from Chelsea Wealth Management, Mr. Jim Turpin. What's up, Jim? Hey, Coop. Thanks for having me back. Oh, got it. Okay. So, Allison, uh, tell us a little about what you do. So I've been a, a portrait photographer very, for a very long time. Um, I specialize in artwork for your home. I don't know if you, it's dark, but I don't know if you could see, you know, portraits on your walls of your family. So it's all very custom and unique experience. I want to celebrate families, parents, children. Um, and I'm also a life coach. So I help my client through, through my journey of not being an entrepreneur I hired coaches, which they completely changed my life. And so now I became a certified coach and I help my clients be more confident, you know, reach goals that they're having trouble attaining, undoing limiting beliefs, be, help them be better parents, love themselves more, whatever that looks like, be more, have more successful business, all those things, really great things. So that's what I do. All right. How about you, Jason? Tell us about uh, Jason Levy and Associates. Yeah. I, so again, thanks for having me, Coop. I really appreciate being here. I am a basically a materials supplier to the interior design trade, both commercial and residential interior design. I supply everything that would go into an interior from the ceiling to the floor, carpet, wallpaper, lighting, fabric, furniture, you name it, pretty much I supply it. So I have been a uh, dedicated corporate rep for many years and decided to go on my own uh, and become independent a few years ago. And Jason Levy Associates is growing leaps and bounds by the day. So happy to uh, be embarking on this entrepreneurial journey and uh, giving you some insight as to what has been successful and not successful for Jason Levy Associates. <laughs> All right, man. And how about you, Jim? Tell us about Chelsea Wealth Management. Sure, Coop. Uh, my name is Jim Turpin. I'm uh, the founder of Chelsea Wealth Management. I'm an independent uh, financial advisor. I work with individuals and small business owners to help them make their uh, their financial goals come true. Um, being a little bit different as an independent, um, I really get to work with those people who you know I want to work with. Um, meaning that you know if you only have 10, 20, 30 grand to work with, and but you want to put the work in. I'm happy to have a sit down, sit down conversation with you. So as that independent, I get to do a lot of things that the, uh, the big boxes don't let their advisors do. Okay. Now, you know, in the beginning of the show, I said how you all work for yourself. You all have your own company. Uh, I want to find out how'd you get to that point? Jason, how did you get to working for yourself? What was your path to being now to Jason Levy associates? Yeah. The, the path for me was really, it started with my parents. Um, we were, exclusive reps for a specific company that actually did all of these things that I do independently now. And um, I was in the residential design world for many years, uh, switched over to commercial in the mid 2010s um, and went independent basically during the pandemic as the hospitality market and all those fun places that we were going to were closed. 
you know, that really spurred on a, uh, an opportunity to go uh, on my own, build my line list and try to deliver the same services that I was doing as a corporate rep uh, now as independent. So that's basically my osmosis. So I've been in the industry uh, for over 25 years at this point. And uh, I'm just literally trying to establish a long-term uh, solution for all of my clients, no matter what they're doing and what they're working on. Okay. How about, how about you, Allison? How did you end up where you are now? So, uh, see, you know, seeing my generational entrepreneurship, my great-grandfather had a side uh, fruit stand on 73 came from Italy. Um, and my grandfather was in the frozen food business. He owned his own business. My father was a mechanical engineer who was an entrepreneur. So he instilled entrepreneurship in me and my sister at a very young age. I, I didn't think I would do anything other than own my own business. It was just, what would I do? And, um, my mom pushed me into art. My mom, financed my education in art school because she believed in me so deeply. Um, so yeah, it was instilled in me in my upbringing. How about you, Jim? Well, uh, it all came out of uh, a long corporate career in consulting, financial analysis and banking. And uh, I was working in New York during the whole 07, 08 debacle, came out the other side, still employed, but uh, really just ended up pushing papers around for the last, you know, three, four years I, I, I worked at the bank and it was just, you know, that time to, you know, if I was going to start my own business now, now was the, the right time The the kids were at the right age. Uh, we were at the right position financially that uh, if I totally uh, screwed the pooch, we'd still be able to, you know, regroup and, and, and not be too far behind the eight ball. Um, so that's really how, uh, you know, was the catalyst to starting the business. And luckily I was able to find a, this business basically started as a franchise group initially. Um, but, and it was really the, uh, the ability for me to get uh, my foot in the door and really take it from there. Okay. Now, as you said, we said, you, you all work for yourselves. Okay. And, and the, Everything changes. Jim, there was a financial thing. Jason, you went through COVID. You know, for you, photography. People don't remember getting photography, you know, during COVID. As you work and as you've taken your path, is there any time that you've just wanted to say, fuck it, I'm going to go work for someone else. I, I'm going to go. And if it is, what stopped you? What stopped you from making that step because so many people will take the easy way out. You know, they sit there and go, oh my God, they wake up in the middle of the night and say, I, I, I don't know if I can pay my mortgage for the next year. I don't know what I'm going to do. So they go, oh, well, I'm going to put my resume out there and get a job and they they leave their what their dream is. What has that ever happened to you and what kept you in the game? Jim, we'll start with you. Has it ever sat there where you just like, you know what? I, I, I don't want to deal with the stress of this bullshit. I want to go and work for someone and just Basically, when you work for someone for a big company, you can call it in pretty much. I mean, you can just yeah. sit there and go in. But has it ever happened that you almost walked away and what kept you in the game? Yeah, I did almost walk away because the bank account was going to tell me I had to walk away. So, you know, I it was about 18 months into it where, and Allison, I think you'll appreciate this piece to it. Um, you know, it, I was on the, the verge of, you know, not being able to, you know, or, or running out of the money we allotted to start the business. And I had a lot of stuff in the funnel and I just couldn't get it over the finish line. And I, I had a really long conversation with one of the guys I worked with and, and he was like, you know, listen, you gotta follow the process. You gotta get out of your own head. You gotta like, let, you know, do the things that you know you're supposed to do and change your mindset. And, and I, I made a, a commitment to change my mindset in the, in the sales process. And that allowed me to close a whole bunch of deals in a short period of time. And that's really what kept me in the game. Like it was the, it, 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 it put money in the bank and the momentum just built from there. And it was all about kind of a mindset change on how I was attacking and, and going after clients and getting them to the, to the close. 
How about you, Allison? Have you ever just wanted to say, screw it, I'm going to get a real job. I might go shoot photography for, you know, a school or, you know, shoot Santa Claus pictures. I mean, have, have you ever sat there and just said, you know, I, I can't take this anymore? Um, I lost count of how many times I've had that. I've literally been brought to my knees physically multiple times in my business. Um, and, but each time... I learned about myself each time I grew and stretched my capacity of what I'm capable of. And um, when I think about working for someone else, it does not fill my bucket, right? So I know that that's not the right move. So I go inside to my intuition and I'm like, let me really explore what's going on here. And then I would, I, I most likely when my knees hit the floor, I made a big change in my business. I made a big shift. I wasn't feeling fulfilled. Like I always go with what's filling my bucket. And there were times in my business that what I was doing was not filling my bucket and it brought me to my knees. So let me reassess. Okay. Um, the, to actually go work for someone else is, it's like twofold. It's feels freeing, but it imprisons me to think about using my brain to build another, someone else's business. It's not in me. It's just not in me. Um, and I, and so I'll never, I'll never stop. I'll shift. I'll switch lanes. I, whatever, but I will, oh, I, I know that working for someone else is not while I'm on this, why I'm on this planet. <laughs> and so I keep going, but it is, it is not easy and it doesn't get, e I don't think it gets easier. The challenges change and you build your capacity for what you're capable of because new level, new devil, right? Okay. So it doesn't sense. stop getting easier i don't want it to stop getting easier i always want it i always want it to be challenging so because i'll be bored if i'm not challenged i'll be bored i know that okay okay and how about you jason because you're someone who's been in a business for a long time so you could easily if you were had time you could easily walk to another company that they would be like oh yeah dude you're you're you've been in this you know everybody but have you ever sat there and said i you know what I don't want Jason leaving the associates anymore. I want to go work for uh, whatever, Ethan Allen. I know that's not what you'd work for, but have yeah. you ever have you ever gone through that thought process? I've gone through the thought process. I've actually had so many experiences working for other people um, where I have been tasked to, Jason, go fix my territory that can't do business like it used to, or Jason, go do this. Um, and I think when the pandemic really started to unfold, um, I was working as a corporate rep at, for a company out of, out of the Midwest and the owner of the company gave me a choice. You can either stay here and we can take away your expense account, your salary and all these other things. And you can sell what I, what I have, or you can go on your own. And I made that decision right then and there that I wasn't going to ever be put into this box ever again. Um, I felt very, very trapped at that point. And I decided that, wait, these people that are my clients, they're not buying because I represent this company. They're buying because I represent Jason. And Jason does such a good job at whatever I'm hawking that I will do a good job if it's Jason Levy and Associates. And this has grown into, as Allison was just saying, this has grown into such a, an animal that as you grow, and Jim said the same thing, you, you just take that momentum and you build from it. And yes, there's more things you have to learn like I was not the master at building websites and creating branding and all this, stuff, but I've had to get out of my comfort zone to understand how to really market myself and market my business and differentiate myself from every other brand that's going into the same design firms, hawking the same goods. That was really the, the line in the sand for me that said, okay, these people are buying from me. They're not buying from him. And I need to parlay my relationships not their relationships. And that's what has driven me to a successful story at this point. Okay. Now, you know, as you said, you're all successful and you have to wear different hats and you have to learn. What motivates you? You know, some people go, oh, I'm motivated by money. Or, you know, and some people, you know, they have all different motivations. And some people say family, you know, me, what motivates me is, you know, I don't even know what motivates me. I just 
do what I do. I don't, I, I don't know. I can't sit there. I'll put a good song on. I'll put on, you know, Europe, the final countdown. I'll go, oh, yeah, I'm going to go crazy. You know, but what what motivates you, Allison? What motivates you when you sit there? What keeps you What keeps you going? What's the motivation? Um, so it's my, my, uh, drive to build my capacity for sure. Um, I always want to be challenged. And so as hard as the challenges are, I can't imagine living any other way, but also my husband and my daughter, definitely. So my daughter is watching everything I do. She's not listening, right? She kind of is, but she's watching me. And I had, uh, you know, I had a situation through COVID. I put a, a, a tween empowerment uh, event on and I had a hundred people come in and we were coaching to the kids and all the things and empowering the girls. And my, you know, my daughter was involved And two days before my husband got COVID and I had to like cancel and I laid on my bed and cried. And I was like, I can't do this. This is like all so hard. And my husband's like, Hey, go tell your daughter that you're quitting. And I hated him in that moment because I knew I, w I have to be what I want her to be, which is a badass, unstoppable woman, human being. Um, and so even when my knees would hit the floor in the most, those moments in my business, I think of who I would want her to be in that moment. Um, and that will drive me personally to be absolutely unstoppable, no matter the roadblocks I hit, you know? Okay, how about you, Jason? What motivates you? What what, what motivates you, Mr. Levy? Oh man, I, I have a lot of I have a lot of self-motivation. If I I, I want to be the best. Okay. Similar to what Allison was saying. You know, my mother was somebody who taught me this industry as, along with my stepfather. I rode with her while she was battling stage four ovarian cancer, carrying heavy textile samples. She's go undergoing chemo, undergoing radiation, losing her hair, wearing a wig. And I said, if my mother can go through all of this, then I need to, to do the same. And when I took over that territory from her, the company that I represented at the time, they demanded excellence. They demanded the same results, if not better than what my mother did. I had no choice other than to get, again, get out of my comfort zone, get into you know these conversations with designers where I can actually speak their language, not my language, their language, and really relate to them um, on a deeper level, on a personal level, because that's really what drives a lot of our, our our design in this world is it's coming from inside of that individual. Allison can relate. And I believe that that forced me to become the best person I could possibly be in honor of her. And then also to build my own niche and my own reputation in the industry, because I had to follow her, follow my stepfather. These people were legends in the fabric and furniture industry. I had to step up even higher to become my own self brand, which basically I did um, being forced to do uh, and, and just took on that challenge and wasn't afraid of failure and wasn't afraid of trying to learn on a daily basis on how to become the best that I could possibly be. Okay. How about you, Jim? What motivates, what motivates you? Well, I, I think the um, my background and how I grew up really is a, is a large motivator for me. But when I started the business, I, I have four daughters. So um, not letting them down and Allison, a lot like you showing them what, you know, being an entrepreneur is all about and not giving up and putting in the effort and being responsible for, you know, your actions. And, and you know, I, I told them all the time when they were little, if, it, if it's not for me, then who, right? So, um, you know, they were a constant motivation and the, you know, the fact that I, I grew up with really nothing and the ability to run my own business at some point in time and, you know, kind of get out on my own and, and carve my own path. I, I watched one of my brothers do it, become a very successful, you know, builder over the last 30 years. And, you know, I just thought, you know, this is the way to go. Um, and all those people were really, you know, the motivation behind, you know, staying on top of things. And I also agree with Jason, you know, like you want to be recognized as one of the best, right? Like I don't need a bunch of, you know, 
stuff on the wall. I just want my clients and my colleagues to, you know, think about me when, you know, they're like, oh, I need to answer. I need a question answered in the financial world. All right, let me give Jim a call, right? Like that's, that's really motivation for me to kind of be top of mind for people, even if I'm not doing business with them, that they kind of look at me as a, you know, a subject matter expert. And just so you uh, listeners and viewers uh, know, Jim's background is he's the youngest of 13 adopted boys. So that's uh, that's that's why he's my financial planner. Because <laughs> I know he's, he's, he's going to do good. So anyway, okay, so, you know, we talk about people, you know, you go to an event and, and people talk about people. You know, something, oh, that guy's really nice guy, that guy's an asshole, or he's creepy, or whatever, whatever, you know. And we always... I care what people say. You know, the whole Bill, the Philly thing is like, no one likes us. We don't care. Well, I do. I don't want people to not like me. Okay. I'm sorry. That's just me. I'm insecure. I need to be liked. Um, what is it that someone, what would we like someone to say about you? Like if I said, hey, yeah, you, you got to meet Jason, which I always feel I don't want them to say, hey, you got to meet Steve. I don't want them to say, hey, you need to meet Steve. But if I was to say, what's a characteristic that you would want me to tell someone if I sat there and I, I someone goes, oh, do you know Jason Levy? And I said, yeah. What would you want me to say about you? What's a characteristic that you would want people to say about you? And we'll start with you, Jason. Uh, I would want people to say about me that, you know, I am a person that responds, you know, right now in this world, there's a lot of people out there that decided that responding to folks isn't very important to me. It's extremely important. And I want people to say, Jason's always on top of everything. Jason is always uh, in touch with what's going on in my project. He knows exactly what is the challenges, what the, what the positives are, what the negatives are. And um, that's what I want people to say. I want people to expand from Jason, just a fabric guy. I want there to be Jason's and everything guy. And that's what I have worked so hard to build over these last several years. Hey, how about you, Jim? What do you want people to say about you? Uh, you know, I want people to say that, uh, you know, they can, they can trust me. Uh, you know, in my industry, it, it's, it's all really about trust and being able to, you know, I handle everybody's personal assets, right? So they have to be, you know, I have to be trustworthy to them and have a level of confidence, confidence that, you know, they feel comfortable in trusting me with, you know, in some cases their life savings. Okay. How about you, Allison? Um, I want people, I want to be described as um, that I make you feel heard supported and celebrated for being exactly who you are okay that's that's very good you guys all had good answers now here's i'm going to flip this because that's what you want people to say about you when you're starting a relationship a business relationship or you meet someone what do you look for them what do you look in them for them i can't what do you look that they have like for me the people on my show are people I trust, I like, I think have integrity. You know, if they're if you're a piece of crap, if you're a phony, you're not ever gonna get in, in the coop tank. Okay, just because I, I don't play that. I don't I'm straight up. But what is something that you look for? What do you sit there and go, like for me, I want someone who has integrity. Okay, that's one thing. You need to have integrity. You can't be a piece of shit. What is something that you feel a person has to be able has that certain quality? Jim, what is it that someone has to have for you to sit there and start networking or recommend them or just even start a relationship with them. I just wanted to be authentic. I don't want any of the walls put up or the airs put on, or, you know, I, I want them to feel free to, you know, express their opinions. Um, and I think that uh, when you start working and start a relationship with people, when you, you know, see their, you know, their true side, I and I think that's one of the things I always try to do is, you know, within reason, try to be very upfront with people about how I feel about something. If I'm asked that question, right? I, I'm, as you know, Coop, I'm not really a wallflower, so I, I'm never, uh, I, I'm never hesitant to express my opinion in a in a in a in a crowd or or one on one. Uh, but I'm also very respectful to the other person. Uh, I want to see that back in return. I want to see that you know they're, um, you know not putting on some some airs just to you know try to you know coddle favor 
Yeah, how about you, Jason? Uh, just to piggyback off of what Jim's saying, I mean, sincerity um, is a huge factor for me. Um, I, I deal with designers sometimes that are literally right out of college, right out of design school, and they don't even have a portfolio really built yet. They're working on their first project or at their first job. And I'm trying to, in, in these in these conversations, I'm trying to understand what is really driving them. Is it is it sustainability? Is it you know putting a fact putting their impact on the design world? You know these are some of the things that I do when I look at uh, potential clients, and you know they don't need to necessarily work at the biggest A and D architectural design firms or the biggest residential interior design firm. They just need to have an understanding of what they what they are, who they are, how they're going to bring themselves to market. And me being a person that supplies these folks, I need to support them, as Allison was saying, the best I can behind the scenes and make them, you know, robust, embolden them so they can have confidence when they go and they present their design to their client that this is actually going to come to fruition. That's what I look at. Okay. How about you, Allison? Um, so I love I love what what Jason just said because and for me I feel like um definitely so I go by energy a lot. If I feel uncomfortable, if there's an energy I don't like, I'm already there's a red flag up for me. Mm -hmm. But when I have a conversation, there's definitely authenticity, um, vulnerability. Okay. Um, I love a conversation that has vulnerability in it and the humanness of that we we are all human um because how am i going to serve without that vulnerability factor right i need to know what problem i'm solving um and so really it's authenticity and i i love me some vulnerability all right okay well here's a question through this we talked about what you do you know, you've given us the strong points of your personality, what you don't like. But I want you to answer this honestly. When push comes to shove, when push comes to shove, when it's all on the table, why should someone do business with you? Why is someone going to pick you over someone else? And you can say in the beginning, this is what I do. I've been in the industry. But in your gut, what makes you better that makes you so good that people want to do business with you. We'll start with you, Jason, because you said you strive to be the best. Why should someone sit there and believe you're the best? What, why, why am I going to get, if I'm a designer, why am I going to go to you? Well, I, I, it's, it's really comes down to me as an individual and making sure in my role, I am the person behind the scenes. Most people don't even realize, you know, where these products are coming from. Right. It's, it's kind of like private label, so to speak. So what I try to do is I try to really can not convince people that they need to meet with me. But what I do is I pay attention to what they're working on. Okay. I follow their projects. I compliment them on every single thing that they're working on. If I personally think that it's actually good design, if it's not, I then offer an opportunity to meet and then I can maybe show them some product that is more exclusive or is not as you know watered down in the market and this will give them an edge when they go out to their to their client and they will be able to present something a little bit more unique which really drives a lot of of the design projects from a you know a, a digital representation a rendering to actually having somebody pay for it and make it real so that's what I try to do I just try to be the, the the solutionist before they even realize that they need a solution. Okay. And now, Allison, because you do photography and you do life coaching, there's a lot of you. So why is someone going to come to you and say, you know what, of all these photographers or of all these life coaches, I, I'm going with Allison. Why? So for photography, um, you could hire, you could spit and hit a hundred thousand photographers, right? What I do is I slow the process down for my clients. We celebrate you. Okay. Everything is so fast today. Portraits with your family, with your children, your first newborn portraits, your high school senior, this is a time to be celebrated. I 
I, you are heard with me. I read between the lines of what you need that you're not even asking for. Um, I custom design for your walls. I walk around your house. I take measurements. I shoot for the space. We come hang the portraits. Let me know when you've heard of another portrait photographer that does that. Let me know. Okay. You don't. I spend a lot of time with my clients, really get to know them. This is not shoot an email, go shoot, and I never see you again. No, that's not how I do business. It's relationship driven. It's celebration driven. And as far as being a coach, my clients transform. They are heard. I help them really see their beliefs. So I've overcome an eating disorder. I have overcome lack and scarcity in a way. Um, money blocks. I've done so much work. I have read umpteen books. I've committed to my own transformation, which makes me a really great coach. Um, and I'm always learning. I love the challenge, but my clients are transforming and, and I, and I love it. I love what I do so much. And I think if you're an entrepreneur and you're not loving what you're doing, you have to get out of the business because you're not serving fully, you know, and coaching is really why my heart beats a okay. thousand percent. Okay. Now, Jim, like I had the event last night, uh, cocktails with Cooper and there, there was a few financial guys there, you know, they come. Uh, so wh why, why am I coming to you? Why? We're a dime a you? dozen. We're a dime a dozen. We're like realtors, right? So, <laughs> um, you know, really, and I, I say this a lot to, to my business owner clients is that, you know, I'm your trusted consultant, right? Like I'm that trusted advisor, not in the financial sense, but just in a general sense, because I'm different than, you know, the big box advisor and I'm an independent, I get to spend a lot of time with my clients, just understanding what they're trying to do, whether they're the small business owner and, and, and what's the goal, right? Like if I'm working with a small business owner, it's not just about, okay, give me your assets and I'm going to manage them. All right. What are we doing with the business? Like what's the eventual, you know, out with the business? We're going to sell it. You're going to bring in a partner. Your kid's going to take it over. Then how are we going to structure that sale? And, and really being the quarterback for those clients, whether they're an individual or a small business owner and or helping them organize all the other things in their life. That's not what a lot of advisors will do because they're just trying to get on to the next, you know, set of books and, and gather more assets. I'm really taking a lot of time and working with the clients and being very strategic with them, whether it's about saving for college or it's about selling a business. You, you need to take a lot of time and understand where they want to go how they want to get there, what are their long-term goals with the kids, if they have them, if they don't, you know, where's the money going to go, what kind of lifestyle they want to lead. Those are all things that you need to know. And I spend a, a, a large amount of time with my clients and my prospects just trying to understand those things a lot like Allison saying that, you know, the traditional advisor can't because there's someone standing over the shoulder going, hey, like you got to close that deal. Like move on. If you're not going to close them, move on. Right. Or this is taking too long. Uh, I don't worry about any of that. I think that's what allows people to feel real comfortable with me um, and, and never hesitate to pick up the phone and go, Hey, you know, I'll give you a great example. One of my biggest clients came to a workshop back in 2014. It was 18 months before he called me back. He called me back and he said, all right, I want to come in and meet. And I was like, I'm going back to my files. I'm like, this guy was at a workshop 18 months ago. And he goes, uh, you know, look, I really appreciate the fact that I checked on your sheet. Don't call me. Don't email me. Don't do anything. I wasn't interested. You sent me a letter saying, hey, thanks. Appreciate you coming. We're on, you're on the do not call list. And you stuck to that. And you didn't you know, you, you, you stuck to your word. So now I'm ready and here you go. Here's your opportunity. So I, I think those are the things that, you know, allow me to do what I do. Okay. Now I'm going to preface this question. I'm going to preface this because I was talking to someone who watched the show and they said, why do you hate LinkedIn? And I don't hate LinkedIn. I like LinkedIn. 
but I bitch about LinkedIn and I, you know, I love my wife. I bitch about her. You know, I pitched it, you know, even though I make the bed in the morning, she comes home and remakes it, but she wants me to make the bed. I still love her. Doesn't change it. I always find I have issues with LinkedIn and I said, it is very valuable. It is very, but if you ever start a YouTube show, don't put your start a YouTube show. Cause you get so many people going, Hey, I'm a, whatever a YouTube. And the so I always bring up what bothers you about LinkedIn and, and I and it's always something and this week what bothers me is the same old shit okay like people post the same old shit saying how great they are or saying hey I went to 57 events in three days and I'm like well what are you doing business but that bothers me the same old shit bothers me at LinkedIn like you know once in a while you can just you don't have to blow your own toot your own horn you can just say yeah you know what I, I had a rough day but so what is something that bothers you about LinkedIn? And be honest, some people are like, well, I really love LinkedIn. Yeah, but it's a, Jason, what's something that bothers you about LinkedIn? Uh, I'll tell you one thing that really bothers me about LinkedIn. I, I, I see these people making these posts and I do agree with you. There's a lot of, you know, redundancy, obviously. But the folks that put up the posts with like they're, they're at an event and there's a celebrity there or there's a big name there and they feel like if they put themselves next to this person that that makes them more legitimate I, it, it it makes me just question like what is the purpose of you even using linkedin for me i use linkedin just as a tool to really market a lot of my products because it's it's shot in all these different manners and i have to figure out a way to concisely put that in front of as many people as i can and that's what really I use it for as a positive, but on the negative, yeah, the redundancy drives you crazy and, and you got to be more creative than the other person because that's what's really going to get your post uh, to be looked at versus someone else. How about you, Jim? What, what bothers you about LinkedIn? The, the thing that bothers me the most about LinkedIn is when I accept somebody's um, invitation to join my group, my, uh, my network, and they immediately try to sell me something. This mm. is not how you build a relationship. This is not how you, you know, what LinkedIn is about, in my opinion. You know, if I'm, because I see that you have a whole bunch of other, we have a whole bunch of mutual connections. I look at it as an opportunity to get to know you and see what, you know, see how we can help each other out. When they immediately, immediately try to sell me something or, you know, get me to, you know, into some event or something along those lines, I immediately tell them not interested and I remove them um, because I just like, I, I think it's incredibly unprofessional um, and that just, you know, grinds my gears. How about you, Allison? So I'm not on LinkedIn a lot. I don't really know a whole lot about it. Um, so I don't know if I'm even educated enough to make assumptions, but yes, people sliding into my DMs, it doesn't matter what platform I'm on, is insulting. Um, you know, to sell to me, they don't know me. I tell them, I'm like, I do business with people I know, like, and trust. I don't know you. I don't know if I like you. And now I don't trust you, you know? Um, but also, I don't know how much... I don't see a lot of personal and maybe LinkedIn is not used for this, but I just don't see the authenticity and vulnerability. I feel, I see a lot of sales and um, I don't know. It's, I guess it, that's what it's for. Right. Um, but, but I'm not on there a lot. I try to be on there more, especially as a life coach. I feel like it's a good place to market for my business. So I'm trying to adjust to LinkedIn, but it's not, uh, it's, it's okay. All right. Well, that's, that's good. That's, that's an honest answer. You weren't on a lot. See, that's good. You didn't make up like, Oh, well, you know, you, you didn't bullshit. And that's, what's yeah. good. I don't bullshit um, anything. So I had an event last night. Uh, Jim was there and there's like 40 people there. And I looked around the room and I liked everybody. I sat there. I, I was on those events and, you know, sometimes you go to an event and you just don't like people and that's something. And I liked it. And I said, this is a good event. And this is why I like to network. And we all network for some reasons. Once again, we'll stay with the negative. What do you not like about networking? Because, you know, we all love 
getting out there and meeting new people and getting a relationship. But what is something that you do not like about networking? It, it may be social anxiety. It may be assholes. It may be whatever. But what, Jim, what is something that you do not like about networking? I, um, I hate when I introduce myself to someone and they are immediately defensive about no. oh i have an advisor i didn't ask you if i if you wanted i want you wanted to i wanted you to be my client like i introduced myself and said hi jim turpin i own chelsea wealth management and independent financial advisor oh i have a i have an advisor great like that's not what like do you not know how to interact with people like i didn't ask you for your business i didn't ask you for an appointment i just introduced myself right? Like, just relax, just be yourself, like, put the guards down and just, you know, just talk to people, you know, it, 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 I've gotten into a, into a, a little bit of a, uh, I was talking about this with a couple of people last night. I knew everybody there except for maybe three or four people. And it's not really networking at that point in time. It, it's just um, hanging out with a bunch of friends, right? And so I did have, uh, you know, um, someone who I'm doing business with there, and we talked for a couple minutes about, you know, um, something that they wanted me to look into. But then, you know, I, I was having a conversation. I did have one really quality conversation with with Lisa last night about, you know, the franchising world and what's going on right now. So I try to do have more of those when I'm out networking and I know a bunch of people, but that, you know, that the people who immediately put up the fences and, you know, start being, you know, sheltered when you introduce yourself, you know, okay. they hate that. Okay. How about you, Allison? Cause you also run a group. So you, you, you network. So it's something that, you know, when you have a group full of people, you you want good people because it it comes back on you. But what yeah, is something you don't? What is something you don't like about networking? So it's hard for me to come up with something that I don't like about networking. Um, <laughs> I think for me the biggest challenge roadblock maybe I in coaching world we call it like even like a thought error is people are like a life coach. Like, what the hell is that? Some people have no idea. And sometimes I don't come out crystal clear because I do so many things that it's hard for me to come up with my 15, 20 second pitch that's crystal clear that comes off so that they completely understand what I do. And even photography, I do things so differently. It's hard for me sometimes to convey directly crystal clear what I do. And when I have that fear, then I stumble through my words, you know? Um, for me, that I think is the hardest, but you know, that comes with practice and doing it over and over and over and over. Um, but other than that, I mean, I love, I love it. Okay. How about you, Jason? I love networking. I think that one of the biggest challenges that I face personally is I have in my line package, I have a lot of lines that are geared towards the hospitality industry. So that can be everything from hotels to country clubs to casinos and all these other places that are fun, right? So when I'm at a place where I'm trying to meet new designers, a lot of the times designers kind of like, they have an idea of what you do or who you represent, but they're not really 100% sure. So one of the things I have to overcome constantly is telling designers, hey, listen, I have so much product and so much um, access to product that can help you do everything from a senior living project to a corporate project and every single thing in between mm. and not just boxing myself into just this hospitality world. Um, and, and a big challenge that I've had to overcome in, in networking is trying to relate to a younger designer or an older designer, um, because I'm more of a, a bull in a china shop. That's just kind of my personality and my presence, I guess my bald head. I don't know. You can relate, Coop. But, you know, I try to be a little bit more 
approachable to people that don't know me because I think uh, sometimes people just judge you by the by what they see. And when they actually start talking to you, it's a much different experience than just how they judge you initially. So that's some of the things that I've had to overcome uh, with networking. And it is a little bit of a, uh, you know, an issue where I would stumble am amongst my words, like Allison just said, you know, you want to relate, but you don't want to do it to a point where you're just salesy about everything. You want to be very authentic and very real. And that's what these designers in my world want. They want somebody that they can actually connect with and, and build a relationship upon. And then from that point, you're, you know, you, you, you go from there. Okay. It's funny. You talk about the bald head. And I said it earlier before we came on, I'm looking at myself with the headphones and the shirt. I look like Shrek today. I, I, I look like Shrek. I'm like, Holy crap. I should have worn my hat. I look like Shrek. I look like a, a thin Shrek, not like a heavy Shrek. I'm like, if Shrek after like Nutrisystem and I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, this is awful. Anyway, I want to start this question off with Allison because I don't read business books and I say it every week, but I started this, I started this, um, topic a while ago and and i really get some informative answers i i go around i want to start with you because you said you read a lot what's a one book that you've either read recently or you've read in the past that has really made a difference in your mindset or in your business and we'll start with you allison because you said you're a voracious reader so i want i want to start with you can i give you more than one no give me one well two if, if the answers are come back yeah you can give me so two. shoe dog phil knight's nike story um it is book. top of mind because i mean dude it's got to be read by anyone building a business um but i i have 10 more right behind it i read that in um i don't know june maybe or maybe like early like late spring um but that was like dude i mean every every business owner should read that book Give me a book then from your past, not one you in the past that's made a difference. Give me one, Allison. Um, so everything is figure outable by Marie Forleo. Okay. Is awesome. Right. Everything is figure outable. Like nothing is not figure outable. Like such a great book. It's good to know. How about you, Jason? Uh, one of the things that I have kind of stumbled upon, I think before my mom passed away, she got me into it. Uh, the book, The Secret, you know, the manifestation of positive thoughts, the manifestation of being uh, in, a, in, a, in a mindset where you're thinking about building and growing and learning and becoming the better version of yourself versus tearing yourself down or looking at all the negatives. I think that has been a life-changing book for me personally. And I, I even though I've read it probably 40 times, I, I always tend to kind of go back to when I'm having one of those rough days or I'm having a challenge that I'm dealing with that I just can't overcome. Um, I feel like that book just made me think about things a lot differently than what I was thinking about prior. And, and your mind is really your biggest hurdle sometimes. You know, you've got to overcome your own issues in order for you to be a better version of yourself that will then your clients will have more confidence in you and partnering with you and collaborating with you. Okay, how about you, Jim? So uh, I actually just reread a book about six months ago that I read probably 10 years ago, or actually probably less than that, seven or eight years ago. It's called Your Trajectory Code by Jeff McGee. He's a business coach. He was a, he was a guy who um, our franchise, uh, the, talked in front of our franchise numerous times. And I really related to him. Uh, and that was a book that I read, you know, around the time I was struggling with the business and it really helped me. And I went back to it not too long ago, just to kind of do a level set, uh, you know, just reinforce some of the things that I'd done before and, and, and wanted to continue to build upon. And it just kind of put me back into a space where you know, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And just, it, it, just a couple things that, you know, made me click and change kind of how I was doing things on a daily basis that I'd gotten away from. Okay. Here's a, here's a question. I, I always like to ask this. Um, in the last year per se, what's an obstacle? What's an obstacle that you have overcome? If there is, and it can be personal, it can be 
business, but what's an obstacle that you've overcome that that you're happy? I mean, you know, we all are happy when we overcome an obstacle, but one you're, you're proud of, like, you know, I overcame this. Jason, or it might not be one, but Jason, is there an obstacle you've overcome in the last year that you went, wow, that's pretty cool. I, I overcame that. Yeah, one of the biggest things that I've had to deal with in building my own business has been a lot of my lines and my manufacturer partners. I've been I've been put in the in the spot. Hey, you have to basically pioneer this. Meaning, you got to take this from zero sales to whatever you can take it to, and that's pretty exhausting. And for many years, I just kind of focused on just my fabric knowledge because that's really where I spent the most of my time or furniture. And I've had to really kind of expand my thought process and how I go to market and what I can offer to a client, for example, selling people light custom lighting that is, you know, created here in the US, but then manufactured in China, and then you got to wait for obviously the ship to come over here. Um, so that's obviously always a challenge lead times. But just figuring out these other verticals that I can sell, and becoming a master of those verticals and then offering those to my clients as basically a one-stop shop. And that's been the biggest hurdle that I've had to overcome. And I'm actually extremely proud with not being afraid to ask the questions, not being afraid to say, hey, I don't know how this works. Can you teach me this? And I think those people who are willing to do that, those are the people that become the best versions of themselves because they want to be able to convey that to their clients so they have the confidence to specify it and use it in their projects. How about you, Allison? What's something that you've overcome in the last year that, that makes you proud? Okay, so I'm, can I give you a, like a few? Um, so I started an email newsletter, something I've always wanted to do. And I started it in January. And it's been every week sending out an email newsletter that I write personally. And we're into November and I haven't missed a week. And that is like such a win. Um, and also after COVID, I just got out of the routine of working out regularly. And this year I, it, I brought myself back into the routine of self-motivation to getting to the gym, not relying on a trainer or something that I am three to four days a week working out. It's back into my schedule, which after COVID was so, so hard to, uh, return to and to keep that habit going. So I love that question. I didn't reflect on that. Well, see that? There you go. You learn something new every day in the coop tank, people. How about, how about you, Jim? What's an obstacle you've overcome? So um, it, it's really a personal one. My, uh, my mother-in-law passed away last December, and my daughters were incredibly tight with her. And they, you know, they, they didn't live that far from us while they were all growing up. Uh, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law were at our house on a regular basis. Um, we saw them all summer long in Ocean City. And, you know, when she passed in December, I think the, the whole process of going through that and kind of coaching them through the, the loss of another grandparent and, you know, keeping them focused while they're at school, because they were all at school at the time too, right? And, so keeping them focused at school while, you know, knowing that Nana's, you know, may not make it to Christmas and she didn't, but, you know, they saw her at, at Thanksgiving and, you know, really coaching them about, you know, remember the good times you had with your grandmother because, you know, you'll have those forever. And as they came through the other side after the funeral and everything, you know, having a couple of them come to me and say, listen, you know, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, how you and mom really supported us and really gave us the, the guidance to, you know, kind of come through this and, and, and not, you know, lose our shit, you know, of, you know, this finality of, oh, you know, my grandparents are gone, you know, and, you know, they were such a big part of their life from, you know, the time they were born and into their 20s. All right. And here's a question I always, I always wrap up the show with this question. Someone comes up to you, they can be out of college, they can be out of high school, they can be out of trade school, okay? They're starting their path, the path of, you know, what's going to be their life, you know? What advice do you give them about what they want to do when it comes to business? Because when you get out of college, it's like I talk to a lot of actors, and when they get out of acting school, 
Hey, they know how to act, but they don't know how to get an agent. They don't, they don't, they don't teach you that shit. You know, what is, what is some advice you give to someone who, as my mom would say, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed? Allison, if someone, you know, just out of college or out of high school is like, I, I want to figure this shit out. I want to get started. What's an advice you would give them? That to have, um, oh, God, what's the word? Unrelenting faith mm. in themselves that if they have the thought in their head that this is what they want to do, that thought was put there with a purpose from a higher being and they have everything they need inside of them to have a thousand percent faith in themselves that they can do it, that they are, they should do it. And that whatever seems to go wrong, nothing has gone wrong in the journey and to always have their own back. They don't need anybody else to have their back. They are enough to have their own back. Mm. Thousand percent, that's what I would tell anybody. Okay, how about you, Jason? Uh, what I tell people is, you know, a lot of these, these you know, fresh designers, you know, out of, out of design school, they're, they're trying to figure out uh, how do I get a job? How do I, you know, how do I get onto this project? How can I learn how to really do this? What I try to tell people is, you know, connect with your reps, connect with your organizations that happen to be geared towards design. You know, there's a bunch of organizations that you can, you know, uh, join for free because you're a student. And this is really the future of, of our industry. So a lot of people like me spend significant time in building those people up, giving them the, the support that they need to get out there and make those mistakes and not feel like they're on an island by themselves. Um, and, and that's really giving them that fortified support underneath, you know, all of their, you know, fragility, right? And, and that's what I try to do is, is just try to make them aware of these organizations and these people and these resources, because chances are they've never even heard of them. Okay. How about you, Jim? So uh, I've had this conversation a lot lately, not only with my kids, but with with other people coming out of uh, out of college. Um, once you've picked a direction, right? I, I tell them two things. If you haven't picked a direction yet, understand what kind of lifestyle you want to lead. Okay, how do you want to live live your life? Are you good with you know? not having a ton of money, but being very happy with what you do, right? Or do you really want to knock it out of the park from a money standpoint and then put everything together on the back end? The other thing I tell them, if you've picked a direction, find a mentor, find someone you trust in your field, whether it's at your firm or place okay. of business or not. They may not be part of your you know, your field of expertise. I would just say, find that mentor that you can trust and, and ask lots of questions. Be vulnerable. You know, put your hand up. Like you guys are saying, I don't know. Like, how do I figure this out? Like, what do I do here? How do I handle this situation? You know, like those are the sort of things that, you know, I tell them all the time. You gotta be, like you said, Austin, you gotta be a little bit vulnerable, especially, you know, take down the facade and just, you know, have an open mind to learn. All right. Well, you know, I guess this has been great today. Now, now how can people get in touch with you? Allison, how can people get in touch with you? Um, oy. So I'm allisongallagher.com, two L's. Um, hello at allisonandstudios.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Allison and Studios is my Facebook, my Instagram. I don't know all, right. all, all those things. All right. How about you, Jason? Uh, I'm on Instagram. You can find me at Jason Levy Philly Metro. I'm um, also on LinkedIn and I have my own website, Jason Levy, ASSOC.com. And Jim Turpin. Sure. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, or you can reach me directly at 856 685 7825 or via email. Jim Turpin at the number one cwm.com. All right, and people, uh, you can reach me at the coop tank at yahoo.com. You know, if you want to advertise on the show, it's a good it's a good idea because the people who are on the show are, are very uh, trusted and like people in the business world. And the people who watch the show are business business owners usually. So 
you get your brand out though. So you can uh, email me at thecooptank at yahoo.com. You can go to my website, coopertalk.net. It's my other podcast. If you love celebrity interviews, check them out. Also, um, go and like us. Like us on YouTube. Subscribe. Look up The Coop Tank, and it's great. And also, don't forget, I want to thank my producer, Joe Ganjami, who always kicks ass every week. Go to his website, uh, sweetrecording, S-U-I-T-E, recording.com. I'm Steve Cooper, and you guys all have a wonderful weekend.